All right, well, man, it is so good to be here with you online and to gather uh, virtually and uh, in community, digitally, if you will. Uh, I do have a few people, less than 10 in the room, so you might hear some clapping. That's just to give me a little energy. It's also to uh, just communicate to some of you that you may wanna join in and uh, do some clapping and show me some love as we're going through this talk. But man, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Um, I don't know what kind of week you've had, but uh, most of us have had a moment over the last few weeks where the stress just started to show up in big ways in our lives. I mean, I had a moment this, uh, this last week where I was running on like no sleep and lots of caffeine and I was pacing around and all of a sudden it was like, it just started spilling out of me. I was short with my family. I was short with my kids. Uh, it was stress kind of all over the place. I was flinging it around. Anybody feel me? And uh, it was real. And so my son, Ethan, just did something that touched me so deeply. He got up and walked over to me and he gave me a hug. Y'all, my son, Ethan, my 16-year-old son gave me a hug. That has never happened, not since he was like five years old. I'm telling you, he hasn't hugged me except for when I make him hug me since he was five years old and Ethan, of his own volition, walked up my 16-year-old, who's taller than me, who looks down on me, and he gave me the first hug of his adult life because he said he looked like, I look like I needed it, and I did. It only took a global pandemic to draw it out of him, but it made a difference. It impacted me. He gave me a hug because he could see the stress was getting to me, and I was so grateful. And after that experience, it just gave me strength the rest of the week to push through and to be strong and to keep going and to serve others. And we all need hugs in this time. Not literal hugs. <laughs> for, for many of us, uh, with social distancing, it's just like, um, you know, uh, these kind of hugs right here, right? Uh, but, but with family, hugs are important. And letting people know we're with them and a lot of grace towards one another, it's huge. It makes a difference because we're all going through different highs and lows. In fact, um, the next day I was feeling pretty good and uh, I actually found myself in a situation where I was working on my message and that night it kind of all hit Lori and, and she came out and, and to my office area and sat down with me and just began to talk about anxiety and fear and, and what was going on there and how, you know, how in our hearts and lives we were, we were doing, carrying all that stuff. And we talked together and we, we uh, prayed together. We asked for God's help. And then in the end, I sent her to take a hot bath and uh, to kind of just relax for a minute. We both felt better after prayer. But the learning there is you can't carry what only God can carry. Don't carry what only God can carry. You're gonna feel a lot of things, and that's okay. You go through a lot of emotions, and that's okay. In fact, I went through my own emojis, because that's a big way we communicate emotion, and I just began to look at, at all the different emojis and, and which ones I was sending and what that was saying about my own emotional state. And so check out some of these different emojis. My, my fourth most popular emoji that I've sent in the last two weeks is this emoji right here. This is the mind-blown emoji, right? And uh, I think we all can understand this feeling like, wow, I can't believe these things are happening. 
I never thought these things would happen. I never thought we'd be going through this in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, the mind blown emoji. The, the other third most popular emoji I'm sending is this one. Anybody relate to this right here? Anybody? Can, I mean, this is like, um, you know, the tongue out, crazy eyes. I mean, it's just like running around like you're losing your mind trying to manage crisis mode and leadership crisis and business crisis and, and navigate all of that. And so these have been the two emojis that sort of captured maybe what we would say is the negative situation over the last few days. But I want to talk to you also about the positive because the two most uh, emojis that I'm sending the most often are actually positive emojis. This one is the flexing arm. And it's a reminder in our lives that that no matter how hard things get, no matter how difficult things get, no matter how tough things are, that we're not alone, that God works in our weakness, that as hard as it is in this season, listen, this is the church's finest hour. This is followers of Jesus' finest hour. This is when we show the strength that God works through us even when we're weak. This is when we show that we're not alone. Listen, we're all carrying something in our life. Some are carrying fear, some are carrying panic, some are carrying anxiety, but God is calling us to carry love and hope and peace and calm in this season. We're carriers, right? We're carriers, not just of the coronavirus, but of a whole lot of negative things in our heart and life. But will we be carriers of God's strength and goodness and wisdom? Will we be people who bring strength to others in this time and in this season? That's what God desires for us. So I've been sending the strong arm a lot to people saying, now is when we're strong. Now is when we stand strong. Now here's my most popular emoji that I've been sending, and that's praying hands. Praying hands because we need a miracle right now. We don't know how to get out of this situation on our own. We need God to show up and do what only God can do. And so we are praying for a miracle. We're asking God to move. We are asking God to work. But we're all gonna go through our own emotional ups and downs. I mean, this week, I've talked to uh, medical uh, practitioners and professionals who are navigating all kinds of difficult situations and they're trying to hold themselves together for the people that they serve. I've talked to those who are first responders just trying to keep it together so that they can continue to serve and make a difference in our community. I mean, I've talked to business leaders, and business leaders are just facing an unprecedented uh, amount of difficulty and turmoil right now in the financial and business aspects of their companies and trying to manage that. I've talked to pastors and just um, had lots of conversations with religious leaders around the country who are facing things in their churches they never thought they would be facing. I've talked to some homeschool parents who are out there, and they're trying to figure out the new math so that they can teach their kids the new math. But at this point, they already gave up and they went back to the old math. Can I get a carry the one, if you know what I'm saying right now, man? We're just gonna carry that one and that's how we're gonna roll. Better yet, the way I teach math is, here, son, here's a calculator. Uh, let me just, we'll just make this fast. We're all facing a lot of emotions and a lot of things. And it's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay to have those moments, to have those stressful moments, those moments when you need a hug, those moments when you need to sit down and just kind of vent all that you're feeling, the weight that you're carrying. That is normal. Let those feelings come, but don't stop there. Also, let your faith speak to your feelings. 
Don't just let your feelings tell the whole story. Don't just let your feelings define everything going on in your heart and life right now. Sometimes we got to speak faith to our feelings. Sometimes we got to remind our feelings that God is still in charge and God is still on the throne. So friends, here's what I want to do with you today. Listen, I've had a heck of a week. You've had a heck of a week. We've all been through it for a couple weeks. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to preach to you today, but I want you to know I'm preaching to myself and I'm preaching to my family, and I'm preaching to you and to your family, because what we do in these seasons is we stand on the promises of God, and we're here for each other to remind each other that, yeah, it's scary, but we're not alone. Yeah, it's hard, but we know one who's stronger than any difficulty we're up against. Yeah, it feels overwhelming, but God is not overwhelmed in this moment, and he can fill us with strength. So let's look at Mark chapter four today. Mark chapter four. Mark four is this amazing story in the Bible about uh, Jesus being out in a storm. And I think we can all relate to this. Check this out. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. <laughs> now let's just stop right there. So it's an amazing storm. It, it's almost the, the original Greek language gives the implication. It's like a, a sort of a hurricane came down on the Sea of Galilee, not a literal hurricane, but it, it was intense. It was fierce. And they're in a small boat. So water's coming up over the edges and it's kind of overwhelming this, this boat, which is probably beginning to sink. And these are like seasoned fishermen. They know what it was to be out on the Sea of Galilee and to navigate this situation. And so here's what we see in the text. Help me out on the red word when we get here in the very next sentence. When I come across it, wherever you're watching online, uh, just say this out loud. It says, Jesus was, help me, sleeping. <laughs> we just need to stop right there because that's a crazy thought. Here's Jesus in this moment of tremendous need, in this moment when the whole situation is overwhelming, in this moment when they don't know if they're going to live or die, and Jesus was asleep. Anybody wondered recently if God is asleep at the wheel? Is he still moving? Is he still working? Does he still care? Let's go back to our story, Mark chapter four. He's sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up and this is what they shouted, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Could be translated this way. Teacher, don't you care that we die? It's a question that I think is very real for us today. God, do you care that we're suffering? Do you care that we're struggling? Do you care that people are dying? Do you care that hospitals are being overrun? Do you care that, that our whole world feels like it's shutting down? God, where are you in this mess? That's where the disciples were. They were in a storm. It was overwhelming, and they wondered where Jesus was, and he's sleeping. But maybe Jesus is sleeping because he knows something that we need to be reminded of. See, I don't think Jesus is sleeping because God doesn't care about his people. I think Jesus is resting because ultimately God is still in charge of his people and ultimately God's plan and purpose will still prevail and ultimately Jesus knew who was in control and he could rest in the midst of a storm. Do you know it is possible to have peace in the midst of a storm in your life? It's possible to have peace whether you live or die. It's possible to have peace whether the future brings all that you hoped it would or the exact opposite. It's possible to have peace when everybody around you is panicking. 
And that peace comes from God and his goodness and his word and his promises. Jesus models peace in the storm, not because he doesn't care, but because he knows who's ultimately in control. And so it brings me to this thought. How do we find peace in the midst of a storm? First thought is simply this, that we have to remember the bigger picture. We have to remember the bigger picture in our lives. We've got to remember that, that, that God is still in control. I, I, I remember when my kids were little, um, they, I remember the first time my kids saw cartoons. Any of you remember like Saturday morning cartoons, Saturday morning? I'm talking like, for me, it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, uh, you know, it was um, Scooby-Doo, uh, Richie Rich, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. And that's old school, right? Now, some of you may remember coming home from school and you'd, you'd turn on like the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon and you'd watch those cartoons and that programming and commercials were still around back then. Nowadays, I mean, I guess kids know commercials from YouTube, right? It's reintroduced commercials. But for my kids, when they were little, everything that they watched from a cartoon standpoint was on a DVR. And you could just like fast forward and uh, go through the commercials. And so they weren't really familiar with commercials and what they are. And I remember the first time Ethan and I were watching Dora the Explorer. We're watching Dora the Explorer. He's totally engaged, which means I got two minutes of freedom. Anybody feel me out there? You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, oh, yes, just, you know, like, just zoom in, bro. Just watch that. And he's watching it, and he's in the moment, and then all of a sudden they cut to a commercial, and he looks over at me because he thinks I'm going to just be able to fast forward through the commercial to get to the episode again. And when I can't do that, I'm like, oh, I can't do that, buddy. It's, it's live programming. And he looks back at the TV, and he looks back at me, back at the TV, back at me, and then here come the tears. Full scale, full tilt, meltdown. Flopping on the floor. I mean, into the world. The show's over. Dora never comes back. I'm, we're never going to find, you know, where we were going. The whole thing. And I remember I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, oh, Ethan, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Like, like this isn't a commercial. It's just a minute. It's just a break. Just, just hold on. And, and you know, he, he didn't understand. Finally, the show comes back on. I'm like, see, I told you. I told you the show would eventually come back on. And he was good when the show was on. But would you believe... Every set of commercials, every time it went to commercials, total full-scale meltdown all over again. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, never again do we watch live programming. But I was thinking about that story this week because I think it's easy right now to look on the news and read articles and hear certain pundits and start thinking the show's over. Start thinking, this is it, man. The world as we knew it is over. It's never coming back. And here's what people of faith can take hope in. This show is not over until God himself says it's over, right? Until Christ comes back and God moves, the show is not over. God knows if this is just a commercial that leads to a, a, re, a, you know, a restarting of the original episode or if we're going to go to a whole new level of programming. God knows that, but I got to trust him, just like my son had to trust me. It's not worth it to flop around and let fear steal all of your joy in the moment for something you can't do anything about anyway. You got to trust God and serve others and do what you can to help people in this time. And so we got to get a bigger perspective. Got to get a bigger perspective. In fact, when it comes to a bigger picture, I've got uh, an image here. It's just an image of you, you see in this Polaroid, and uh, of the clouds and the storms that really represent 
the problems that we face in our lives. And we all have different problems that we face and we struggle with. And right now, with the coronavirus and work fears and family fears and stress, I mean, a friend of mine is in the dental uh, business and um, many of their dental facilities have been closed because they have to be. But he was telling me that, that one of the issues that they're facing is with people who are grinding their teeth from so much stress that they're cracking and even exploding their teeth. And so people are under unbelievable amounts of stress and pressure. And it's easy to just think, this is the picture. The problems are overwhelming and you're in the middle of them. But people of faith remember today that there is a bigger picture. People of faith remember today that there is another Polaroid and we gotta hang on to that Polaroid and it looks like this. Yeah, there's still you and yes, there's still all your problems, but don't miss this. God is still large and in charge. God is still bigger than your problem. God is still bigger than the coronavirus. God is still bigger than the world shutdown. God is still bigger than hospitals being overrun. God is still bigger than our own fears about our future and our finances. God is still large and in charge. And this is the bigger picture. And peace, peace isn't found in the absence of storms. Peace is found in the presence of God. And it's the presence of God we need more than anything else right now. In fact, uh, Jesus' disciples, they're about to get a bigger picture. <laughs> they're about to get a God-sized picture. So here they are. They're terrified. They go. They wake Jesus up. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. Here's what it says when we get to the highlighted word. Read that out loud here with me. But it says, and he uh, awoke. And so Jesus woke. And then it says, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what? Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So Jesus, he goes to the front of the boat, he steps out and he speaks those words, peace, be still. Listen, I believe today Jesus wants to speak those words, peace, into your heart and into your life. I believe once again, he, if we'll let him, he'll walk out into the storm of our hearts and our lives. He'll remind us that we're not alone and he will speak those words powerfully into our storm. Peace, be still. And so I think the challenge for us is to lean into his word and to let him silence some of the other voices that we're hearing around us. A lot of voices telling us that, that we're not going to be okay. Telling us that it's the end. Sometimes those are the voices in our own hearts and minds. we got to silence those voices and listen to the voice of Jesus and to the promises of God. Peace isn't found in the absence of storms, but in the presence of God. And so today, maybe you're here and maybe you're fearing the future. And I just want to speak these words over your fear, the words of Jesus, peace, be still. Maybe you're worried about catching COVID-19. Peace, be still. Maybe you just read an article that said the world is over. Peace, be still. Maybe you aren't sure where you're gonna find work. Peace, be still. Just close your eyes, listen. Maybe your plans are on hold indefinitely. Peace, be still. Maybe your family is driving you crazy. Peace, be still. Maybe you're facing all kinds of stress in your marriage. Peace, be still. 
Maybe you walk through the grocery store and the paper products aisle is completely bare. Peace, be still. Maybe you just went online and read some conspiracy theories. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. Peace, be still. Maybe you work in emergency services and you're around people all the time. Peace, be still. Maybe you're stuck at home right now and you aren't sure how you're gonna get basic supplies. Peace, be still. Maybe you're watching people around your life and in your home who are overreacting or who are underreacting. Peace, be still. Maybe you're starting to see the coronavirus crisis become more political. Peace, be still. Maybe you wanna get back to just high fives and hugs. I do too. Peace, be still. Maybe you wanna go back to school or back to work or just back to normal. Peace, be still. Psalm 46.10, God says, be still and know that I am God. Peace, be still. Let Jesus step out into your heart and into your mind and into your life and speak those words over you today. Yeah, it's a storm, and we don't know when it's ending. Yeah, it's scary, and we're not sure what to think of what's coming in the future, but here's what I can promise you. No matter what article you read, no matter what news story you see, nobody knows what's coming in the future, only God. And we can trust him, and the truth is, our situation is actually no different today than it was two months ago. Only God knows what's coming in the future, and we trust him just like we did then, and we ask him to move in our heart and in our life. And what I think so many of us are doing is we're caving to the temptation to worry about tomorrow, and we're allow allowing an unknown tomorrow to rob us of the potential known joy we can have in our lives today. We don't know what's coming, but we could trust God even in the midst of it. In fact, Lori and I, a few days ago, we just, we just went out for a walk. It's the first time we'd sort of stopped together and we went outside and you know what, the sun was still shining and the birds were chirping and usually it was kind of an exercise walk and so usually we'd just be like sort of hustling beside each other and talking the whole way and, and we did. We, we walked fast, we did the whole thing but, but what I noticed, and I didn't notice it till we were 45 minutes into like an hour walk is that we actually held hands the whole time. It was just an, like an impulsive reaction in this time and it was meaningful and it was powerful. I mean, don't let the fear of tomorrow rob you of the chance today to spend time with people you love. Don't let the fear of tomorrow rob you of the opportunity you have today, the gift that is the present, to be thankful and to be grateful and to show kindness to people around you. So in Mark, what you see is Jesus steps out in the boat and he speaks peace, peace be still, and it says suddenly there was calm Calm on the water. Jesus can bring calm to the storm. And then look at Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 40. First, the disciples come to Jesus with a question, the same question that we might ask God today. And that question is often like, do you still care? Do you care if we die? But then Jesus has a question for his disciples, maybe a question for us today. Here's what he says. Help me on the red word. He said, he said to them, why are you so afraid? 
Have you still no what? Faith. Do you have no faith? I mean, it hit me reading this. Someday, the storm that we're currently in will be over. And when it's over, will the Lord be able to look at my actions and my life and say, Judd, you had faith in the midst of the storm. You stayed calm in the midst of the crazy. You continued to trust and believe, well done. Or will Jesus look to me like he did to his own disciples and say, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? What good is my faith if it doesn't sustain me in the storm? What good is my faith if it doesn't anchor me when everything else is out of control? Jesus says, why are you so afraid? And I fear is something that we read about often in the Bible. In fact, I went through the entire Bible and just looked at all the different times it challenges us, do not be afraid. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And I just went through the Old Testament and the New Testament and just wrote down again and again all the times the Bible says, don't be afraid. Jesus says, why are you so afraid? And the Bible gives us all kinds of reasons that we can take confidence today, even in scary situations. And so let me show you what I learned just flying over the Bible. We're just going to fly over the Bible at 50,000 feet. And I'm going to, I'm going to repeat to you again and again what the Bible says about why we shouldn't be afraid. First, it says, do not be afraid for God is with you. Do not be afraid for God hears you. Listen, do not be afraid for the battle belongs to the Lord. Do not be afraid for God is coming to save you. Do not be afraid for he is here to help you. Do not be afraid for God will strengthen you. Don't be afraid for God will hold you up. Don't be afraid. He'll do it with his victorious right hand. Don't be afraid for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. Don't be afraid for God will not fail you. Don't be afraid for God will never abandon you. Don't be afraid for God will protect you. Don't be afraid God knows your name. Don't be afraid God knows the number of hairs on your head. Don't be afraid for God is out to bless you. Don't be afraid for God will help you. Don't be afraid for God will heal you. Don't be afraid for God will give you a great reward. Don't be afraid of insults. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of the powers of people or the powers of hell because nothing can separate you from his love, his value, his greater future. Don't be afraid because he gives the victory. Don't be afraid because it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid because he's the first and the last. Listen, he's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the king of all rulers. And death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. And the world cannot overcome him. Listen, don't be afraid because Jesus is alive today and forever. And he is coming soon. That's the message of the Bible. The storm is scary. The unknowns are scary. We're going to feel the feels. We're going to have those emotions. But don't just feel the feelings without speaking faith into your feelings. Remember what the Bible says in these moments. And then stand on God's promises. Stand on God's promises. You know, um, my best friend of 20 years sent me pictures this last week that he started putting Christmas decorations up all uh, on, on his house. And uh, you see a lot of people doing this around the country, putting Christmas decorations up, um, trying to bring some light and some hope to neighborhoods. Um, we see this happening. I thought it was pretty cool. And it reminded me 
of the one time, only one time, that I have put Christmas lights up on the outside of my house, only once. Um, my wife, Beth, Emma, or my daughter, Emma, had begged me to do this again and again and again, and I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. I wasn't going there, but finally, I broke down in, uh, in this moment of weakness, and I said, all right, it was her senior year. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do Christmas lights on the outside of the house. I made a promise. And so when the day finally came that we caved to do the lights, we, we went, we got the lights, we came back, we started to put them up on the house, and then we had to go back again. We had to make like four trips to the hardware store to get more lights and get all the stuff and get the extension cords. And I was angry and, and I was frustrated. My wife was, um, you know, her perfect self. Uh, and so we eventually got to a place where uh, in the midst of it, we had one of the worst fights of our entire 23-year marriage. Total meltdown. Now, you need to understand, like, because we all have different thoughts when we think total meltdown. Lori and I, we don't yell, we don't scream, we don't throw things. We, that's just, you know, everybody deals with anger differently, right? Uh, for Lori and I, when, when it comes to a fight, it just means that um, we get incredibly quiet. I feel like I'm not nuclear when it comes to a fight. I'm just, um, I'm the Cold War, y'all. I'm the Cold War. And so I get to, I didn't look, this was long before social distancing. And I'm telling you, it was a lot more than six feet, if you know what I'm saying. I just got quiet and pulled back and she got quiet and pulled back and we went our different way and we didn't talk. We didn't communicate. And when I walked through the kitchen and she was in the kitchen, I'd bang things around so she'd know I was frustrated. Come on, somebody, don't, don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, like I was having a moment. I wanted her to know it. She'd do the same. And it was all because I made a promise a promise I didn't want to keep, a promise that I felt like I had to keep, and I eventually caved and got it done and finished it with a terrible attitude. My daughter had her lights, and she's already like, oh, Dad, look, you know what people are doing in response to coronavirus? They're putting Christmas lights up on the outside of their house. I'm like, don't even think about it. Not happening. No promises. A lot of people think that's how God makes promises. A lot of people think God, you know, he, maybe he promises to love us, maybe he promises to take care of us, but you know, it's begrudging, it's half-hearted, he's grumpy about it, he doesn't really want to do it, he doesn't really want to step in, he doesn't really want to help. And what's interesting is when you look to the Bible, you see a totally different picture of God. You see a God who not only promises, but who is, it's impossible for God to lie, the Bible says. He's faithful, and he, he makes these promises to us which he will keep. He will not violate himself. Even when we're unfaithful, the Bible says God is faithful faithful. God is going to move and work and fulfill his promises, and we can hang on to every single one. In fact, in Mark chapter 4, verse 41, this is what we read. It says the disciples were absolutely terrified. See, at first they're terrified of the storm. You see this? Now they're terrified of Jesus. It's like, whoa, what just happened? They say, who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves, help me, obey even the wind and the waves obey him. See, they become terrified because they realize that Jesus is in control. Who is this man? God incarnate, 
a reminder of all of us that God sees a bigger picture, a reminder that no matter what we're going through, look, it's not just our problems that we're facing. Look, your future is not simply determined by the size of your problem. Your future is determined by the size of your God. What picture are you going to anchor into? What picture are you going to look at? Are you going to hold on to God's promises right now? Are you going to believe his promises in this season in your life? Are you going to trust that he will fulfill his word to you right now in this season? I want to share with you some promises that I'm holding on to. I just went through the Bible and wrote down many of the prom. I'm not going to quote uh, chapter and verse of scriptures, but these are all promises from the Bible and they're helping me find strength. We've got to stand on God's promises in the midst of a storm. Because listen, God's promises still stand even when a storm knocks you off your feet. So when you feel like life is coming apart, God says, I hold all things together. When you feel like we can't come back from this, God says, is anything too hard for me? When you feel small and insignificant, God says, I delight in the details of your life. When you feel powerless, God says, you can do all things through Christ. When you feel overwhelmed, God says, the spirit within you is greater than the forces around you. When you feel like you aren't going to make it, God says, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they will rise up on wings like eagles. Listen, when you feel like the ground has shifted beneath your feet, God says, I'm the same today and the same yesterday and the same forever. When you feel like you don't know what steps to take, God says, I direct the steps of the godly. When you feel like no one knows the plan, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. When you feel totally confined and limited, God says, for freedom, you have been set free. When you feel lonely, God says, nothing can separate you from my love. When you feel frustrated, God says, cast your cares on me for I care for you. When you feel like you don't know who to believe, God says, no one who believes in me will ever be put to shame. When you feel hopeless, God says, all things are possible. When you feel like it's the beginning of the end, God says, I am the beginning and the end. I'm the creator. I'm the sustainer. I'm the Lord of lords and the King of kings. I was in charge before the storm. I'm in charge during the storm. I'll be in charge after the storm. My promises still stand. They still stand. And you better be putting your hands together at home. You better be clapping right now in the living room right here in the auditorium. Come on, people. God's promises stand. It's okay to feel the feels. I feel it. It's okay to have freak out moments. I have them. But then we come back to what we know. We know that God is still large and in charge. We got to remember there's a bigger picture. And then we got to stand on those promises of God. This week, I made it into a grocery store. I felt like it was quite the accomplishment, honestly. It was like my fourth try. We kept driving past grocery stores and there were lines of people out and they were letting them in like one by one. And you know, I'm very impatient, so I'm like, nope, I don't need groceries that bad, we're good. So you know, I kept driving and kept waiting and finally I got in. Some of you had this experience this last week. It's like score, right, for the five items that were left. I was there. But I'm so glad I got in this grocery store because I saw a friend of mine that goes to Central name's Tina and love her and her whole family. I've known them for 17 years since I first came to Central. 
And uh, I didn't realize she was working at this particular grocery store, but uh, she was working there part-time, and uh, we, we talked across uh, a, a display, keeping appropriate social distancing. I said, Tina, how you doing? First, I thanked her, like I thank everybody working in the grocery stores for the awesome job that they're doing right now. But I said, how are you? You know, how, how you doing in this season? How you doing with everything going on? And she said, Judd, I just walk around and quietly in my mind, I sing the same song all day, every day. I said, what's the song? She said, he's got the whole world in his hands. And I just remind myself again and again, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. And now I've been thinking about that song every day since. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. See the bigger picture. Stand on his promises. Feel the feels, but speak your faith to your feelings. And remember that God is with you in the middle of the storm. Let him step out into your heart and say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Maybe you're watching and maybe you've never really crossed the line of faith. And I'd love to give you an opportunity just to reach out to God and to ask him to move and work in your heart and in your life. If you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, the Bible says we can do that by simply believing that Christ came and lived and, and uh, was crucified for our sins and rose again for us so that we could live a new life. The Bible says you'll receive forgiveness, the gift of God's spirit. I mean, I want you to think about this. We're in a time where everybody's talking about social distancing. Everybody's having conversations about social distancing, but God does not want to be socially distant from you. In fact, one of the names of God in the Bible is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God came to be with us in the person of Jesus. He's left his whole revelation to us to give us inspiration and peace. He loves you and he wants to be near you in your life. And it'd be my honor and privilege to lead you in a simple prayer to just open your heart to him and ask him to move and work and do a work that only he can do. Would all of you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today, you can begin that journey by just repeating a simple prayer after me to say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you in Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, wherever you're at, I wanna ask you to just slip your hand in the air just to acknowledge you're gonna trust God in your life today. You're gonna reach out to him. You're gonna receive his forgiveness and his work in your life. Just slip your hand in the air. God, I thank you for each person reaching out to you. I pray you'll do a miracle in their life and in all of our lives. I pray you will step out and speak peace to our storm and bring the calm that only you can bring. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. 
Well, if you just prayed that prayer and you just made a decision, we wanna say congratulations. This is the greatest and biggest decision you will have ever made in your life. And we just find that when you tell somebody, when you let somebody know that you made that decision, it just makes it all the more real to you. It also provides us a way that we can be there for you. So if you go to central.family and you click the button, I raise my hand, we have team members standing by ready to walk with you, to congratulate you, and to send you a free copy of our How to Follow Jesus guide. Make sure and go to central.family. You don't need a www, you don't need a .com. We've said that before. Just go to central.family and someone's ready to talk to you. Or if you just wanna be a part of the conversation, you can also go to central.family. You wanna, if you have questions, if you wanna have uh, pastors pray for you, just get involved through a Zoom chat. Make sure to go to central.family as well. Many of you might wanna give a gift to offer hope to people right now. In fact, if you heard Pastor Judd, he mentioned the fact that $1 feeds a person three meals, just a dollar. The way that you can be a part of our Hope for the City efforts, just go to hopeforthecity.tv. There's a section called Give. You can click there. Or if you want to give a gift to Central to help with our overall ministry, just go to centralonline.tv. Every gift you give matters, and it will go to rescue people and give them hope during this time. And please don't forget to share this experience and follow us on social media at Central Online is our Instagram handle. And um, make sure you stay connected as well by downloading our app, Central Church. I want you to remember that during this time, we are here for you and we would love for you to stay as plugged in as possible. We still have more experiences. Go to centralonline.tv to see all the different experience times. But we end our service the same way every single week. And that's with this verse, Romans 8. We need it now more than ever. If God is for us, who, who can, can be, be against, against us? us? We'll see you Wednesday night. Thanks for watching. God bless.